0: I'm Maria Schwartz and my co-host, Rachel Gallagher. Welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week we cover different topics important to the W. Using X's and O's along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. This episode, we're doing a quick overview of the recent happenings and the upcoming happenings of the WNBA 2019. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the WNBA. Rachel, how you doing? Welcome back.
1: All right. What's up? How are you?
0: Well, first of all, I got I to gotta publicly embarrass you for a quick moment. Um, as everyone knows, I've called you Hoff for quite some time. And recently you were just Hoffed again. Hoffed. Uh, Hoffed. Yeah, that's, that's the term now. Uh, you have recently been inducted into the Illinois... Uh, Basketball Association Hall of Fame is that is that am I using I, they have like a billion different words in there so I'm just trying yeah. to shorten it
1: yeah I mean that's just the structure in Illinois they don't have an Illinois Basketball Hall of Fame that's they call it the IBCA um, so yeah that was this past weekend and thank you it was uh it was a great weekend I was able to go back to Illinois and get honored in my hometown with my family and friends and so it's it's humbling. I mean, I don't, you know, like you said, you're embarrassing me, but um, <laughs> I, I, th- th- those awards are are cool, but honestly, it's a reflection of just some of the amazing people I've had in my life. So, uh, but thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Well, we're really proud of you over here and I'm sure you got, you got the little, we got to think of a name for your fan club one day. <laughs> but we we know the, the, the I, I'm not even going to try, but they're going wild for you. Um, let's, let's talk about, it. there's been a few things happening in the W over the past few you know, days, weeks that we're letting letting simmer, letting uh letting the, the the soup settle before we really dive into what's been going on. And no disrespect to the reigning MVP, but if we're gonna talk about injuries, I think you gotta go with with historic greats before recent greats. So I'm just gonna say we're talking about Diana Taurasi before we talk about Stewie. Is that okay?
1: I'm perfectly cool with that. Let's do it.
0: All right. All right. The first question that comes to my mind, when you have such an impactful player, Diana Taurasi, arguably the GOAT, this, this, and that, a lot of things go into question when you hear that she has an injury that's going to take her out, what's expected to be, I believe, 10 weeks, 10 to 12 week timetable on her return. Um, I believe if you did the math, shout out to Ben W., who I believe did the math at some point when the injury first came out, Um, you're talking right around, give or take, but right around... Uh, the All Star game. Now, first of all, that means Tarazzi's not in the All Star game, likely, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, unless they make some sort of exemption, which I guess is highly likely because she is Diana Taurasi but yeah, I mean, yeah. probably not.
0: I, I hope they don't make the exception, mostly because I just think this is going to be not only a great season for young stars to break out in the league, but Stewie's missing, possibly Liz, yes, Maya. And yes, Tarasi is missing from the All Star game, or uh, you know, uh, presumably, that leaves a lot of open spots for new young talent to come in and get that national spotlight of, of the All Star game on them. So I'm really excited for that. But back to the Tarassi, uh injury, Rachel, do you think this injury affects the Mercury's chances of winning the championship this year?
1: You know, honestly, I've gone kind of round and round with this a little bit in my mind. Uh, You know, when I first heard about it, I was kind of like, okay, that's really unfortunate. What is going on this year? This is just going to be an absolute wild summer in terms of just everything that's going on in the WBA. We'll obviously get to that here in a little bit. But um, I think with Tarazi, she has such an impactful presence, not just on the court. We all know that. Not saying anything anyone doesn't know. But in the locker room, in practice, on the bench, and as we all know as well, this Phoenix Mercury team is loaded. And we we go down the line. I mean, obviously, Brittany Greiner, You know, they acquired uh, Essence Carson. We talk about Duanna Bonner, who had just an absolutely incredible year last year. There's so much talent on this Mercury team, and you combine that with the fact that the league, in my opinion, has been just blown wide open in terms of who can go get this. This championship, um, I do think. Obviously, you you can't deny that it hurts Phoenix in some ways. Uh, she's arguably the greatest player of all time, who's going to be on the bench, but she's going to continue to impact this team in so many um, non-tant. Did I just make up a word? Non-tangible ways, intangible ways. It's a word. Um, It's what we do on here, right? So <laughs> I, I think that you know, obviously, it, it, there's going to be when she comes back in July. It's going to take a little bit. Um, but I, I think she'll. Pro- they've all played, together, all played together for what feels like forever. I really feel like she'll kind of slide right in there effort, effortlessly. Um, the rest will be good for her. I, I don't think it'll take her very long to get her legs back from underneath her. I, I, honestly, I started out being a little bit worried about this, but now I'm not. I think this is a loaded Mercury team uh, that knows how to uh, respond to a situation like this.
0: I, I hate to say it, but I got to agree with you. I mean, it's if, if if you had ever spoken to me about a Mercury team in the past and said is going to miss, you know, quarter of the season, up to the All-Star game, something like that, whatever, to me that would have doomed this team. But when you look at it, and I know in the past she has had some, some nicks and, and bruises and whatever you want to call it, but if you look at this team, something for me that's always been obvious is a, one glaring hole last year they looked pretty good then they have an injury um to little and and that causes you know a whole a whole world of issues if you will um but now this off season, i mean this off season obviously excluding the trossy injury could not have gone better for this team
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'll start off with the obvious one that everyone's going to hate me for saying cuz you always want to beat the best to to be the best but Having the, four, the reigning MVP from the team that looks poised to have a long stay at the top, the Seattle Storm, having their best player go down with injury, I don't want to say it's it's a good thing, but that's got to be looked at as a positive for the Mercury, who are that close to beating this team. And you would think, just as far as like power rankings and whatnot, they leapfrogged Seattle, in my mind. Then you move on to the fact that they're able to get a great player off the bench, in essence Carson. And then you look at, and we've talked about this, you look at their their uh their draft night and just wow this team has gotten so much better off during the offseason I agree that I personally don't think Taurasi missing a large portion of time is going to have that big of an effect and bold prediction I think it'll honestly be better for the team it will give an opportunity early in the season when the minutes are equally impactful for these players but not necessarily as important the pressure isn't as high you're going to have all these younger players a couple new players be able to get into the mix feel the vibe of the phoenix mercury and then once this team starts to gel you have terassi come back off the injury and that's just like getting you know nitrous in your in your whatever and you're just shooting off the court it's it's going to be ridiculous and I, and i have to say this injury in no way affected in my mind the mercury being the far far favorites for the championship this year that's just awesome. throwing. I,
1: I, I'm I'm really impressed with you. That's one of your best takes that I've ever heard.
0: Oh, Hey, <laughs> let, 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 Let's move on. Too much, you know. Too much of us getting along doesn't doesn't get people listening to the podcast. Um, Branna Stewart goes down with a, with a scary and sad and just really excuse my language shitty injury. I mean, towards the end of her overseas season, she was just having a historically amazing run. Um, her team ends up losing the game to to add insult to injury. Obviously heart goes out to her. I hope her speedy recovery, there is that asterisk of what that type of injury does to a player's, you know, mobility and career career lifespan, if you will, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, just because this, this isn't one of those injuries that's like, Oh, rotator cuff or, or that's, it's like a rotator cuff in baseball a few years ago. This seriously affects a pitcher. Um, what? What? I mean, what's let's real quickly, Rachel. You as a player, moving past injury. I'm sure you've seen some similar injuries. Um, what are your thoughts about the Stewie hurt, the Stewie injury?
1: Well, I mean, it's heartbreaking, you know, from from so many fronts. We're seeing the most dominant player in the game right now, who is at her peak and goes down with an injury. I mean, there's not you can't really put that into words in terms of just um, how devastated you are. But you know, on the flip side, you, you you've got a you know, I look at Brianna Stewart and she is such an anomaly, you know, from, from her physicality, from her skill, everything. I I believe wholeheartedly she'll come back and, and make a triumphant return and, and everything's going to be, who knows, probably, you know, she probably could come back and be even better what she was before. I'm going to choose to believe that. And if anyone can do it, it's certainly going to be Brianna Stewart. So, um, you know, the silver lining in the cloud of this is, you know, it's going to allow um kind of what you talked about with Phoenix and and with other really across the league again um uh, opportunities for other players to step up and fill a role. Um let's not deny the fact that this is the Seattle Storm team. Yes, they just lost the most dominant player in the world, but at the same time they've got arguably the greatest point guard of all time in Sue Bird. They return Natasha Howard who was as dominant as arguably anyone else um inside in the interior last year. Uh, You're bringing back um, Jewel Lloyd, who has MVP caliber um, um, showings and appearances. So this is a highly talented Storm team. You know, I think uh, it's just going to look different. The makeup of it's going to look different. The dynamic is going to look different. But, you know, there's a lot of... um, there's a lot going up there in Seattle right now. You know, you can even talk about uh, Dan Hughes. You know, with with his cancer diagnosis, and and I think you you see teams, um, and and my heart goes out to Coach as well uh, in his battle. And I know everyone's kind of rallying around him, but you see instances like this amongst teams um, where there's a sickness or there's tragedy or there's something really unfortunate that happens um, and a team will have the ability to really rally around one another um, and start to outperform kind of what everyone thought they could have done. Uh, that might be an over and unwell, an understatement for Seattle. Cause again, we're talking about the reigning champs who have tremendous talent on their team, regardless of Brianna Stewart or not. But um, you know, I think if nothing else, this does, level out the playing field a little bit more um, in terms of opening up kind of who can go win this thing. I, you know, I, I, I pick Seattle to repeat, um, because of Stewart. With her out now, I think it's a big question mark. I'm not sure who um, my team is to go and win at all. I might have to agree with you on Phoenix. I'd um, kind of- I, I, I like to hear that.
0: <laughs>
1: <You are? laughs> I mean, you know, I think there's an argu- argument to be made about, you know, Atlanta again. I, I'm, I've always been a big fan of Connecticut and kind of what Kurt Miller has done there. And uh, they they intrigue me as a contender. Obviously, Washington has a ton of talent with Meeson in returning. So I think this really blows the top off in terms of uh, the playing field being a little more even, if you will, if you could call it that. Um, and it's really wide open.
0: No, uh, and I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll kind of, I'll phrase it a little bit differently. I I, I hate when people always reference, make this d- women's sports player comparison to men's sports players, blah, blah, blah. For me, I look at it similar to when the Lynx were on their historic seven-season run. If during one of those like championship season runs, if Maya Moore goes down right before the season, how would that affect it? And I look at it when it comes to the Lynx. Yeah, their chances go down a lot of of being a lock in for the finals. But there's a lot of other stuff that made this team win besides one player. And ah, here we are coming from. I do think. Um, they, they do have some serious issues as far as their ability to run it back this year, count them out a hundred percent. No, as, as we were talking before the, we started this podcast, just kind of shooting it. And, and I said to you, there's maybe two teams in this league that I would be shocked if they won the championship. But other than that, the other 10, yeah, I can see it happening and, and I wouldn't be, and I wouldn't be blown away.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So right. moving on. To Minnesota, and this this kind of tra- ties in, but, but first we're talking Minnesota and the Odyssey Sims trade. We'll get into L.A. later, don't worry. But the first thing I want to pose is this is an odd year. Could this mean what I think it means? Are we, are we talking about the Lynx continuing their, their every-odd-season championship run?
1: I can't answer that. I don't know. You know, I, I look at, I look at Minnesota and I like the moves um, that coach Reeve is making. I really do. I like the possibility of this just being a completely redefined team with a different identity in terms of just new faces. Um, but Minnesota, as much as anyone is, is as much of a question mark, you know, just, just in my mind, I'm just looking at them like, what's going to happen? You know um, I respect, Cheryl Reeves so much. I know she can coach. I'm excited to just kind of see what's going to happen with some of of the players that came in. And, you know, I really like the Sims trade. Um, I think it makes sense. I, I, you know, I I don't know if I can speak for everyone when I say we all kind of anticipated Odyssey Sims being traded. Um, But I think that was something we were just kind of waiting on to see what was going to go down. Was she going to be involved in a trade one way or another, whether it involved Cam-, Cam beige or not. But this is, I think she fills a need for Minnesota in terms of just kind of a one, a name to someone who brings a presence to the court, who um, comes from a, you know, a, a championship culture comes from winning, who can score, who can do a lot of different things just on the court that Minnesota probably needed. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Obviously um not surprised by the trade whatsoever, but I think it's a great pickup.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a great pickup at, at, at best she plays like odyssey from two years ago and immediately catapults this team to a level to be quite frank we never
1: saw and i think she i Um, think i think i think you know a a new a change of scenery a new location a a you know, a different voice, all those sorts of things. You know, when when it comes to a player, can just breathe new life into them. So I would not be surprised at all to see a really dynamic Odyssey Sims that uh, we have seen from a couple years ago.
0: Oh, and also, I mean, she's going to have to be having D Rob as, as your other point, and an older Simone Augustus, and yet to know who exactly is going to be starting at the four. But I mean, she's going to be your go-to shooter. So. You gotta think, a that makes a player who likes to score happy, and b, when you got a player who you know struggled last season, maybe it was the play style, maybe it was this, maybe it was that. There wasn't exactly another player out there who was an option to get. Like, I I've been thinking about this for a while since the trade went down. Was there anybody else that the Lynx could have gotten that would have made this team as 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 better? As Odyssey Sims did, and honestly, the answer in my mind I don't is think no. They're, they're, no. Right now, and especially to fill the need that the Lynx had. So, you know, yes, there is the negative of the contract. Everything's secretive about the, the WNBA contracts and all that. My understanding yeah, is it's like a three-year yeah, yeah. max contract. They can they can
1: afford it. They they, they have the means yeah. to do it. It's it's no sweat off their back. You know,
0: no, hundred percent, and that and that's why I'm like, all right, I like the move. Also, new CBA is coming up. Do I know exactly what that means? No. But am I maybe willing to take a, you know, a risk on a contract this season more so than I would be in two years when the CBA kicks in? Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for me, it's like, it's a no brainer. I mean, and you look at it on the flip side. um, I mean, if you listen to Cheryl Reeves podcast, you could hear that she had a lot of respect for Alexis Jones wanted to do right by her and get rid of her, or you know, not get rid of her in that sense, but. (laughs) move her move her in the sense of if if this wasn't seeming built like coming out to being a, a situation, a season where she could really grow, then they were gonna trade her and try and, and try and put her in a better situation. And that's what they did. Um I was, you know, you can check out we have another podcast coming out shortly with Brady Klopfer where we dive into LA and speaking about LA, you know, one of my bigger knocks on the LA side of the trade was will Jones even make the roster? And talking to Brady, he was like, honestly, I have her as the number one bubble person. But if you run down the list, they still got like three, three open roster spots. So it's not, it won't be shocking to see her make the roster, Um, which on that end, you know, justifies them on LA side. They need more more Mm three-point shooting. Um, Jones has shown she can be a three-point shooter. The question is, can she expand her defense?
1: Right, you know? yeah. No, I thought it was a good trade from all fronts. But both teams came out on top with it.
0: It'll be extremely interesting to see what comes from this. But let's move on, continuing with L.A., to the Shanae Agumake trade. I have a lot of thoughts. I love the idea of having them. We went really in-depth with this on with Brady. So I'll kind of – and I don't want to bore people who, who listen to that podcast and now they're listening to this podcast. Rachel, give me a few thoughts on that trade, and then we got a few more things we got to run through.
1: Oh, man. Um well, let me be politically correct here. I thought everything was great, everything's happy and it's a great move from 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 both fronts there. that's all I'm gonna say about it. Uh, no and
0: I, I look I <laughs> fine let let me build on this from from the sun side of things okay I went into the, to the la side of things. I get why la did it. they got a all-star player a player who why,
1: why wouldn't la do it? it well
0: exactly why why wouldn't la do the trade it makes complete sense. And here's, here's the other side of things, the Connecticut side of things. I know there's been a lot in the news. I know, Rachel, you've had your ear to the ground. You've heard some stuff. You've put out some great um, great stuff out there when it comes to this trade and various other trades. Here's my take on it. I'm going to put aside any any reports, anything that I, I've heard. I'm just going to talk about it strictly basketball perspective. One, my first time seeing Shanae uh, and Connecticut play last year, I was shocked, and I remember, for instance, texting you and asking if you're watching on TV and if you if you can see what I'm seeing, which was Sinead would come down the court and start barking at players to do stuff. And I think there's a podcast somewhere out there where we talk about this. So, so go through back back in the uh, the archives, if you will. That that was an, an eye-opener to me. And as the season went on and we continued, you know, all last season the debate was – is this team better with Shanae or with John Quell, or can you find a way of playing them both together? And what ended up being is we didn't really see a good job of them playing together. And it became obvious to me, my personal opinion, this team's ceiling is much higher with John Quell as the lead versus Shanae. And in my opinion, just based off of looking at all that stuff, I think that became more obvious to the people around. Now I want to give a caveat in Shanae's defense. You're talking about a player who goes to this team, number one pick, face of the franchise, has two devastating injuries, has to start focusing on off-court stuff because, I mean, what are you going to do when you're injured for two years like that? And she comes back to a team that she helped build and get to where they are now, but now they've kind of hit a point where she doesn't know what her role is mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. The role why she was drafted to this team, and I'm not saying this as a knock of her inability to, to mold to it maybe there's other elements in there what i am saying is it became clear to me just from basketball tape that you're looking at the end of days with her in a connecticut sun right. jersey and when you look at it from that perspective for kurt miller and connecticut they're just trying to get something at that right. point obviously you want something that helps your team but if you're talking about a team that's pretty much stacked and set and it, like, if there's any team on in the league that definitely did not need to make any roster moves, it was the Connecticut Sun.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So, it, yeah.
0: So I mean, it, yeah. it, it
1: certainly it came as a surprise. Um, now, I will give you credit. You you've kind of really had your eye on just this situation. Uh, you brought it up a ton last year, just in terms of Shanae's fit with Connecticut and just kind of that dynamic, um, which was something even I didn't really pay attention to or notice that much. Um, I think, let me start by saying, I think it's a tremendous move for Shanae. Um, I think she is incredible in terms of um, what she's been able to do with her career. She has battled injuries, you know, and and both Connecticut and Shanae have have remained loyal to each other. Connecticut has, um, you know, been by her side through all of those injuries. You know, she's missed the most games to injury than, anyone else in the league since 2014. I mean, that's, that's a rough few years there um, in terms of just getting some momentum and your footing from underneath you. But what, what she's doing off the court with ESPN is just is groundbreaking. And it's, it's exciting to see. I'm so excited for her. And I think she does such a tremendous job with that. So um, that opportunity for her to focus on that one way or another, um, whether it's Connecticut or in LA with ESPN, um, you know, the the opportunities in both, um, I think is great. Um, I think it works out tremendous for her in LA to be able to play with her sister. I mean, that's, that's an honest, wholehearted um, desire for a player, you know, who arguably, who knows how much time either one of them necessarily has left. An opportunity to play um, together um, is, is priceless. So I think it's a really great move for her. Um, I think you bring up some really good points about where does she fit on this Connecticut roster uh, with a team that we can all say looks like it's going to be built around JJ in the future and just kind of the presence that she brings. And um, I I just think like to put it in like coaching terms (laughs) um, as best as possible. I just think that both kind of have outgrown each other, you know, um, it's no longer been a fit. And so to part ways, whether it was something that was requested or forced by Shanae's side, which has been put out there by myself. Um, no one corrected me. If anybody does want to correct me, you do know my number. You can reach out to me. Um, I do think that it's the best move for both parties involved. Connecticut, you know, Connecticut's going to be fine. They've got tons of talent on that roster. Um, Kurt Miller knows exactly what he's doing. Um, I look, I look for them to finish at least in the top three of the league this year, in my opinion. Um, and I think with Shanae, you know, going to LA and being able to have maybe not necessarily a defined role right away, because this is a very new LA team on many fronts. Um, but understanding that she's going to get an opportunity to play with her sister, um, maybe taking a lesser role, um, because of X, Y, and Z. She just has a better understanding of, like you said, um, this this team is not necessarily going to just be built around her like it originally was intended to in Connecticut.
0: Yeah, and, and I do want to say, because you brought something else up that is extremely important to me. I want to say three years ago, I sat here and I said, Connecticut's going to blow people away. They are going to contend for a championship. Went about three quarters of the way through the season, and I wasn't looking as crazy as most people thought I was at the time. And then they—I don't want to say tanked, but they just kind of dropped off. Two years ago, again, that same thing, and they—they they make it to—I think they were the three seed last year, or two years ago, and they go into the three seed again this year. This season, as much as I still wholeheartedly believe in all that and think that they will be a contender, I can't keep saying it, so I'm not going to say it this year. But I still believe it. They're not—I'm not going to—I'm not going to call them uh, winning the championship this coming season, like I have in years past but I'm still very high in the Connecticut sun. So uh, if you're if you're riding the sun wave, stick with us. Um, Rachel, real quick, I know we've talked about this before, but as we get closer to the season, I have a few simple last minute questions right, for you. Go. What team that missed the playoffs last year will make it this year?
1: Well, I mean, the Aces.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then I knew you were going to pick them. So I'm going to go shout out to Illinois. You got you got my girl on the uh, the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to shout out to the Chicago Sky. I think you they'll know, make I, the playoffs. There's a there, gonna, there's a big argument but,
1: for Chicago, but it's a big question mark as well.
0: I feel like it's an it's an easy cop out and the 7-8 seed are going to be some of the most highly contested seeds in the playoffs just because the talent is itching to have a 10 team mm-hmm. playoff. And that's not a knock to the two other teams and I think you know who you are, but that's just right now that's how close-knit this this league is. Um, moving on to our last question. This one's a tough one, not going to lie. Uh, Rachel, are way too early MVP predictions? I
1: mean, this is as wild of a WNBA year in terms of just the storylines, the injuries, the things that are going on. I mean, like you said, we are seeing uh, a, le- a league um, – that's just wide open for, I mean, it's, if you're a player, if, if you're in the league and, and you're like, you, you've wanted a shot to really step up, like this is the year um, it, it could be anyone from an obvious name to, I don't, I, I, I don't know. This is going to be so exciting because we're just going to see a lot of different people elevate their game to a new level, but I'm going to go with DeWanna Bonner because I am just floored by her um, and everything she did last season. I think she's going to continue to build on it um, and be kind of that, that caveat for uh, Mercury.
0: So I'm going to love that you said that mainly because if you go into my Twitter timeline, you will find a few weeks ago, uh, after the Diana Taurasi injury happened, I tweeted out. So does this mean finally Bonner is going to win MVP? I'm
1: not going to say that's where I got my idea from. Maybe (laughs) consciously, I remember reading it. (laughs)
0: Well, or you just wanted to screw me over by taking my pick. But, all right, if you're you're going Bonner, because I'm not a fan of of these, you know, doubling up and picking the same thing, I think it's a cop-out. I'm going to go with a name that a lot of people might be surprised to hear, Tiffany Hayes. All right, we've talked about her for a long time, especially last season where she got snubbed, just completely snubbed all year long and went on a rampage. Tiffany Hayes has hit... That moment in her career where she has the confidence, the control, and the skill to do whatever the hell she wants mm-hmm. on that court. And I think what we're going to see is something that has been the issue for de- uh, for the Dream was their offensive ability. You're going to see a team that Nikki, Coach Nikki is going to run through Tiffany. Tiffany is going to dominate this season and will finally get the respect.
1: Hold on. Finally. Because it just yeah. does not feel right that we just have this conversation without mentioning Elena Deladon. Um, because we're seeing – there's so many names who are out of the picture for one reason or another. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yes. And Elena, God, let, let's not forget how she played last year, especially down the stretch. Now, she got injured. Uh, she can stay healthy. We all know what Elena Deladon is capable of doing. And and this this is really – like wide open for her to have a tremendous year um, coming in here. And now, now it'll be interesting to see how she plays with Misa men, how that dynamic works. Um very curious,
0: you know, that, you know, that's my biggest, very, shot at this very team.
1: curious, how that's, how that's going to play out that that could be tremendous or it could be not. We'll see. Uh, but it just doesn't feel right to not at least say Elena's name <laughs> in this conversation, because she is obviously very much so MVP caliber.
0: Rachel, you're 100% right, and honestly, you bringing that up, um, I think we might have to do a little deep dive on Washington in our next pod. That that might have just sealed it.
1: There you go. I like it.
0: Us at WNBA Insider believe the players of the WNBA and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receives on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help us support the work that we do. I'm Aria Schwartz. That's Rachel Galligan, and this has been the WNBA Insider Show.